Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Joni Mitchell. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. Help me, I think I'm falling in love again. He tried hard to help me, you know, he put me at ease and he loved me so naughty, made me weak I don't know how to sell out. If I tried to sell out, I don't think I could. By that, I mean to make an attempt to make a commercial record. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. Hey, everybody. This is Donnie, and I'm here with my good friend, Kelly. Kelly and I are going to talk about Joni Mitchell because it's coming on Christmas and they're chopping down trees and they're putting up reindeer. And I bought this Joni Mitchell bootleg the other day and it was from 1966 of her at some place called the Second Fret. And the sound quality sketchy, but it was so beautiful. It, you could hear her voice just kind of echoing through the place and everybody was pretty damn quiet and paying attention, which I would suspect you would. And that's the kind of environment that David Crosby discovered Joni in. And welcome back to one of our favorite people, one of our favorite performers. Very talented young songwriters. Have a warm welcome back now for Joni Mitchell. When morning comes to Morgantown, the merchants roll their awnings down, the milk trucks make their morning rounds. In morning, Morgan Town, we'll rise up early with the sun to ride the bus while everyone is yawning, and the day is young in morning, Morgan Town. Morning, Morgan Town, by your dreams and David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young discovered her, or at least he found her and brought her to L.A. to live with him in Laurel Canyon. Before that, she had played coffee shops and any place she could play all over the country. She is from Canada, of course, and... For a young woman back then, and as frail as she was, to be touring down into even the American South, I, I think is pretty amazing to think about. But that's the kind of person she is. Tell me about Joni Mitchell for a second. You're, you were um, out of your contract with the birds. You're a free spirit. And you go to Florida. And you walk into a coffee house and you discover Joni Mitchell. Like she's in some coffee house. And you hear that woman sing it. She pasted me against the back wall, man. She was singing something like Michael from Mountains or Both Sides Now. And I just couldn't believe there was anybody that good. Tears and fears and feeling proud to say I love you right out loud. Dreams and schemes and surface cries. 
crowds I looked at life that way But now old friends are acting strange They shake their heads They say I've changed Well, something's lost But something's gained In living every day I've looked at life from both sides now From win and lose And still somehow it's life's illusions I recall I really don't know life I've looked at life from both sides now From up and down And still So we're going to really talk about the pre-jazz era now, because it's not that I don't appreciate the jazz era, but it's two different artists. And the jazz era, which is weirder and, and sold less records, is oddly what gets talked about the most on shows like this. And that's because of the more complexity of it, the fact that it's not so easy to pick up on the first time you hear it. But also, there was a certain amount of credibility given by artists like Prince, who, who loved Joni, and the fact that she worked on a record called Mingus, which was the last record that Charles Mingus did before he died, and he wanted to work with her, and introduced her via Jaco Pastorius to Herbie Hancock, who ended up doing a tribute album to her, all in a jazz mode. And so you hear a lot about that jazz era. When Charlie speaks of Lester, you know someone great has gone, the sweetest swinging music man. When the band stands at a thousand ways of refusing a black man admission, black musician, in those days they put him in a underdog position. Sellers and chitlins. Then one day I got a call from Jaco Pastorius in 1978 asking me to collaborate with him and Joni on a bunch of songs she'd written with Charlie Mingus. The project was dear to Joni as the great Charlie Mingus chose her out of all the musicians in the world to make his last record with him. Not bad, I thought. There was a time when he would bring me silks and sandalwood and and he would hold me close and tell me sailing stories by the fire I was at sea, I tell you, I was nowhere near the mentioned murder place. Come and 
self-taught and she started off with a ukulele and then she got a guitar and she got a book called the Pete Seeger Songbook and she learned all the songs in that and then along the way she's developed over 50 different tunings and it's all based on the fact that one she didn't get formal training but also that when she was a child at the same time she and Neil Young both had polio and so some of Neil Young's physical attributes were affected by that her hands were affected by that so imagine here's another artist like Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath who took a major handicap and turned it around into something. I mean, Django Reinhardt, Tony Iommi herself, they took these circumstances and still were able to make music. I had a king in a salt-rusted carriage who carried me off to his country for marriage to serve. Beware of the power of moons There's no one to believe, no The All Music Guide uh, has stated that when the dust settles, Joni Mitchell may stand as the most important and influential female recording artist of the late 20th century. I can't argue with that. said this about Joni Mitchell with all affection Joni Mitchell is about as modest as Mussolini Marcy dresses warm it's snowing takes the yellow cab up town red is stop and greens for going sees a show and 
another great thing about Joni was she could be cocky about things. When did you really have women do that in the folk era who were basically like, I can stand up against any of these guys? Where did she get that strength from at that time around those guys? I mean, not only did she date Crosby, but she dated Nash and she dated Stills, Jackson Brown, James Taylor, and she dated Leonard Cohen. And now what's the unique thing that runs through all of them? Songwriters. Whatever she was doing, maybe she was learning, and I'm sure that whatever the relationship was about or however it started or whatever was involved with it, that's some pretty good teachers to have. So imagine that if you were to compare her skills against, say, Stephen Stills' skills as a songwriter or whatever, she's picked up stuff from him. You know she was paying attention. Yesterday, a child came out to wonder, caught a dragonfly inside a jar, fearful when the sky was full of Before Joni became known, her songs were out there. Urge for Going, Chelsea Morning, Both Sides Now, The Circle Game. These were all covered by different folk artists, and that helped her get the respect to go in and be able to sign a record deal uh, with Reprise Records. And then so her debut album came out in 68, and that's the one that Crosby worked with her on. With sweets, he takes you up streets, and the rain comes down. Sidewalk markets locked up tight, and umbrellas bright on a gray background. There's oil in the puddles in taffeta patterns that run down the drain. In colored arrangements that Michael will change with a stick.
problems with their very first album is that the recording is not great. And the reason why is because Crosby had her do things like sing over into the piano wires with the microphone in there, which is great, and it probably sounded great until they went to master the thing and it was a lot of hiss. So they had to fix that, and that gave the recording sound sort of a flat feel. I haven't heard any remasters or if anything's been done with it, but it would be ripe for that kind of thing. And I seem to remember the first time I hearing it, it sounding kind of underwhelming as far as the dynamics of the record go. That's one thing that's always like uh, been a major difference between like the performing arts to me and being a painter, you know? Like a painter does a painting and he does a painting, that's it. You know, he's had the joy of creating it and he hangs it on some wall, somebody buys it, somebody buys it again, or maybe nobody buys it and it sits up in a loft somewhere till he dies. But he's never, they, nobody ever says to him, you know, nobody ever said to Van Gogh, paint a starry night again, man. <laughs> you know, he painted it, that was it. It was a Chelsea morning and the first thing that I heard Was a song outside my window and the traffic wrote the words It came a-ringing up like Christmas bells and wrapping up like pipes and drums Oh, won't you stay, we'll put on the day and we'll wear it till the night It was a Chelsea morning and the first thing that I saw Was a sun through yellow curtains and a rainbow on my wall The red, green and gold to welcome you Crimson crystal beats to beckon Now close your eyes for just a moment and listen to this lyric Woke up, it was a Chelsea morning and the first thing that I saw was the sun through yellow curtains and a... Oh, shut up. She had a baby out of wedlock in 1965, and she had to put the baby up for adoption because the father kind of abandoned them both. And she said that when she reconciled with her daughter in 1997 that she lost interest in songwriting after that. cannot fade her call her green for the children who've made her little green be a gypsy dancer he went to California hearing that everything's warmer Her eyes are blue He sends you a poem And she's lost to you Little green He's a non-conformer It's also interesting that that's her first solo album and that she didn't put any of the songs on there that had been recorded by other artists and were hits already. 
So that's pretty interesting that she has her solo album, which, you know, that's like your first time at bat. You want to give him something. So that first album is called Joni Mitchell or sometimes Song to a Seagull. But I really like that record. The general message of my songs, I guess, is just happiness. Most of them have happy endings, and uh, I don't write protesty things. If they protest at all, it's very subtle, and they're sort of... The message comes out like, don't do this or, or try not to be that way, but it's still through happiness so that it doesn't stand up there and sort of preach at people. Letters from across the seas Roses dipped in sealing wax Valentines and maple leaves Tucked into a paper Guess I'll throw them all away Found someone to love today Dark with darker moons is he Not a golden prince who's come Through columbines and wizardry To talk of castles in the sun So then Clouds came out, and that came out in 1969. She got a Grammy from that, and that was her first million-selling record. Of course, that has Chelsea Morning. And there's a song in there called The Fiddle and the Drum that is has been covered by A Perfect Circle, which is Maynard Ferguson's band from Tool. And so once again, my dear Johnny, my dear friend, and so once again, you are fighting us all. And when I ask you why, you raise your sticks and cry, and I follow my friend. How did you come to trade the fiddle for the drum? And so once again, my dear Johnny, my dear friend, And so once again you are fighting us all And when we ask you why You raise your sticks and cry and I fall Oh my friend, how did you come To trade the fiddle for the drum You say I have turned like the enemies you've earned But I can't remember all the good things you are And so I ask you please Can I help you find the peace and the star 
Oh, my friend, what time is this? To trade the handshake for the fear. One thing that was an impetus for us to do this show is the fact that this month, November, is when Joni turned 75. And she's had some health issues in recent years, and she has also received uh, several accolades. And this month, there's going to be a big 75th birthday tribute to her. But I don't know if she's going to be able to be there because of her health. did a cover of A Case of You, and it was a little ham-fisted, I think, but the uh, latest Prince posthumous release is called One Microphone and One Piano, and he plays it for a bit in there, and it's it's much more relaxed and much less uh, pretentious as the cover version he did. That's the year our favorite album came out, Ladies of the Canyon. We've both talked about this before, and this is probably the record that we enjoy the most. Trina takes her pinks and her threads, and she weaves a pattern of her own. Annie bakes her cakes and her breads, and she gathers flowers for her home. For her home, she gathers flowers. Stray up to your companion Colors up the sunshine hours Pouring music down the canyon I'd say my favorite track off of this album is For Free. And that's the one where she says she slept in a nice hotel and then she's able to go out shopping for jewels. Mm-hmm. 
last night in a good hotel. I went shopping today for jewels. The wind rushed around in the dirty town, and the children let out from the school. Standing on a noisy corner, waiting for the walking green. Across the street he stood, and he played real good on his clarinet for free. What's funny about that is that she played that song in front of the audience that was harassing her at the Isle of Wight in 1970. There was this sense that the artists had all sold out. It was the Hate the Performer Festival. I think the musicians should offer to play for free. Why, you know, why should music be free? Can we not to get ourselves back to the guy? Power to the people! We want the freedom! It stinks, man. It's nothing but money. I think that you're acting like tourists, man. Give us some respect. You know, I said, have some respect. And they did. They were quiet. <laughs> I look at life from both sides now. From listen a minute, will you? Will you listen a minute? A lot of people who get up here and sing, I know it's fun, you know. It's a lot of fun. It's fun for me. I. I get my feelings off through my music. But listen, you got your life wrapped up in it and it's very difficult to come out here and lay something down when people... And I think that you're acting like tourists, man. Give us some respect. Imagine all these hippies there yelling, throwing shit, trying to break down the barriers, you know, expecting the artist to play for free. And she started to play a different song and then she stopped and she said, no, this one's better for you. And so she plays the song and I'm sure nobody got it. And she was like, you know, down in front of her is a hundred or more of these, you know, communist hippies who want her to play for them for free and they're throwing shit and acting like assholes. And she plays a song that starts off saying, last night I slept in a good hotel and then I went shopping for jewels. It's like, fuck you. We put this festival on you bastards with a lot of love. We work for one year for you pigs. And you want to break our walls down? And you want to destroy it? Well, you go to hell. Look out the left, the captain said. The lights down there, that's where we land. I saw a fallen star burn up above the Las Vegas sand. It wasn't the one that you gave to me that night down south between the trailers. Not the early one that you can wish upon. Not the northern one that guided the sailors. Oh, star bright, star bright, you've got the love of my 
like, all right, turn this crazy bird around. I should have gone this way tonight. So then 1971 was a big year for her. First of all, the album Blue came out. And this is where, you know, David Crosby said that as a songwriter, she left the rest of us behind. record has much more piano it's it's very confessional was it chris christopherson who heard it and said damn Joni, save some for yourself Apparently, after she left Graham Nash, after she'd written Ladies of the Canyon, and they broke up, she decided to go off to Greece and somehow ended up in this cave living with all these other hippies and fell in love with some guy that she says gave her back her smile but stole her camera. When she writes the song California, she says, Will you take me as I am, strung out on another man? Songs are like tattoos, you know I've been to see before. Crown and anchor me, or let me sail away. Hey, Blue, there is a song for you in Connipir. Ass, knee, 
bone-bearing emotional music and the song River has been covered like 432 times. from Joni about that period was she said I felt like I absolutely had no secrets from the world and I couldn't pretend in my life to be strong or happy but the advantage of it in the music was that there were no defenses there either So Richard was Detroit in 68 and he told me Our romantics meet the same fate someday Cynical and drunk and boring someone in some dark cafe You laugh, he says to me, you think you're immune Go look at your eyes You're like roses and kisses and pretty men to tell you all those pretty lies. See, when she was recording Court and Spark in 74, she was trying to break away from the folk sound. She had kind of started to drift away from the conventional folk rock and started getting much more into jazz and abstract influences. And I think that had a lot to do with her tuning and the fact that she was always finding, you know, new ways of playing. And jazz is one of the freest genres of music to explore. My analyst told me that I was right out of my head the way he described it. He said I'd be better dead than live I didn't listen to his jive I knew all along that he was all wrong And I knew that he thought I was crazy but I'm not What's interesting to me too is that upon Court and Spark after that she really quit writing about herself so much and I think that's her best topic, that's her best muse, was herself. Help me, I think I'm falling Get that crazy feeling, I know I'm in trouble again. I'm in trouble, cause you're a rambler and a gambler and a sweet talking ladies man. And you love, 
Probably the first time that I saw Joni Mitchell on stage was at the 1986 Amnesty International concert. It was at Giant Stadium, and it was being broadcast on TV. And so were all these huge acts. Lou Reed was there. Um, the headliners were The Police and U2. So, of course, everybody is dying for those bands. And the act that had been scheduled just before those was going to be Pete Townsend. And I don't know if Pete was going to do a solo thing or what he was going to do, but he had to cancel because he was, I think his father died or something. So Pete's not available. They get Joni Mitchell. I don't know anything about it. I don't know if she had to prepare for it. I don't know if she was going to play anyway, but I know that they put her in his spot and it was a disaster. I remember feeling really bad for her. The audience was unforgiving, and she just kept playing it. At one point, she did say, come on, give us a chance, we're not that bad, or something. Just like the Isle of Wight, she got stuck in an impossible situation, and she gritted her teeth and went through it. She didn't bust out crying and run off stage. She dealt with it like a professional, and she ended up making the audience look small. Then I saw her again in 1990. She rarely performed live anymore, but she was in the the Wall concert in Berlin, which was you know Roger Waters doing the the Wall, and she performed the song Goodbye Blue Sky. this period that we are talking about the most is that her voice changed a lot you know this is a chain smoking person and her voice changed quite a bit she wasn't able to hit those notes anymore she adjusted and that was fine but she couldn't go back to what she used to do you know i i started smoking at the age of nine and my allowance was too skimpy to to i had two things i like to do ride horses and smoke so uh my allowance wouldn't cover it so i guess my first job was I would gather newspapers in the neighborhood and sell them to the florist because they'd shred them to put them into box linings then and wrap flowers in them. And I would collect pop bottles in the ditches out in the country in my bicycle carrying 
and exchange them, and that's that's how I get my smoking habit alive. So I was self-employed, but that was my first job. When that disaster happened at Giant Stadium, it kind of left her with the impression that her music was no longer valued and helped validate her decision never to tour again. I never decided I wanted to get into singing and, and, and songwriting so much as uh, it, it just... I learned how to play the, the ukulele and sing a few folk songs and I could get $15 a night so I could bowl and I could smoke. <laughs> I mean, all my labor has been in supporting my tobacco habit. Have you ever seen her artwork? Yes, you have. Her album covers, several of her album covers. She says that she's a painter first and a musician second. Her self-portraits are especially good. And she's a friend of George O'Keefe. Robert Plant and Jimmy Page had this infatuation with her in the live performance of Going to California. He calls out her name in the song. So he's basically saying, to find a queen without a king, they say she plays guitar and cries and sings. He's talking about Joni. To find a queen without a king, they say she plays guitar and cries. And she sings, Joni. She's had about 19 albums and probably won't be putting out any more records. She had an aneurysm last year and uh, is having to recover from that. But this month is her birthday and there's going to be a, a birthday celebration concert that is going to have Emmy Lou Harris, Nora Jones, Chaka Khan, Diana Krall, Chris Christopherson, Los Lobos, Graham Nash, Seal, Rufus Wainwright, and very impressive list. So if you haven't already, give Joni a try, put in a lot of good samples for you, and have a happy Thanksgiving. a chance there was just a dream some of us had still a lot of lines to see but i wouldn't want to stay here it's too old and cold and settled in its ways here all the california california coming home i'm gonna see the folks i dig i'll even kiss a sunset pig california i'm coming home Who did the goat dance very well He gave me back my smile But he kept my camera to sell Oh, the rogue, the red, red rogue He cooked good omelettes and stews And I might have stayed on with him there But my heart cried out for you California Oh, California Coming home Oh, make me feel good Rock and roll band I'm your biggest fan California, I'm coming home Oh, it gets so lonely When you're walking And the streets are full of strangers All the news are You read Just give you Down a red dirt road 
there were lots of pretty people there Reading Rolling Stone, reading Vogue I said, how long can you hang around? I said, a week, maybe two Just until my skin turns brown And I'm going home to California California, I'm coming home Oh, will you take me as I am? Strung out on another man California, I'm coming home Oh, it gets so lonely When you're walking And the streets are full of strangers All the news at home You read more about the war And the bloody been produced by Donnie Shattuck. If you enjoyed this episode, let us hear from you by email at musicpodcast at gmail.com. That's podcast with a K.